Alright guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Creative Podcast. I am your host, Bailey, and today's guest is Amelia, who's a content creator and a musical theatre performer. Say what's up. Hey. Hello. So, we're kicking this off, of course. We always have one question that we ask all of our guests. And the question is, is what makes you a creative? So... As you said, there's kind of two things that make me creative. The first one being um, a YouTuber, but this is a really recent thing. Like I've literally started my YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago, mainly just to give me something to do in lockdown. But I'm actually, now I'm doing it, I'm realizing how much I enjoy doing it. And I'm actually hoping to get something a bit bigger out of it. And then the second thing is my musical theater, which I've done from quite a young age. And I've basically, just enjoyed it ever since then. And now I'm actually studying that at college. So they're kind of the two main things that I would say make me a creative. Okay, that's a good answer. And yeah, the um, we'll start off on the YouTube side of things. We'll sort of start there, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, as you said, you're starting it as a, as a thing to do, I guess. And I think that's how all YouTubers do end up starting off is they do it as, I guess, something to do besides their studies, which I've noticed. And so what do you, so on your YouTube channel, what is it that you do at the moment? Um, what is the type of content you create? So basically, at the minute, I'm just doing kind of general random videos. I like to follow the YouTube trends a lot because I feel like that's what people are wanting to watch. Like there's a reason for them being a trend is because people actually want to watch that kind of stuff. And that's what people are typing in. And I feel like doing trends is something to get your content out there because you know that's what people want to be watching. But um, so like some kinds of videos I've been doing, for example, I did like a day in the life of lockdown, which was more of like a vlog kind of style. So people can see what I get up to while I'm at home in lockdown. And then another kind of video, I did an interview, which is a completely different kind of video to the first one. So yeah, I like to just kind of have a, a wide variety of what I do basically. Yeah, and that um, interview was with Joe Holmes, if I'm correct? Yeah. So as you guys know, that was the my first ever guest on this podcast. So what was the reason for you um, interviewing him? So basically me and Joe was like following each other on Instagram for a little while. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't actually know how we came across each other, but we did anyway. And um, I messaged him and was trying to kind of get my YouTube channel out there a bit. And I messaged him and he asked if I wanted to do a video with him to try and help get my channel out there a bit um, and find a new audience, I guess. And yeah, I decided to do an interview with him because I thought that was probably the best thing that we could do over Zoom so that I could get to know him first of all and also anyone watching my videos could get to know him. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I think, um, especially when you're first starting out, I think the best thing is to um, collab with other creators. And another, I thought this is a question that stems from the, uh, the question about what content uh, that you do on your YouTube channel. Because as you said, you want to start off with trends because as you said, you think that they are the thing that people want to see the most. But have you ever thought, this is just another sort of controversial question I'm throwing out, I guess, sort of a question, is yes, people love to see the trends because you see them, you, you see them everywhere, you know, you have like a one trend. But the problem is, is that with a single trend, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people doing the exact same thing. And unfortunately, when the YouTube algorithm works the way it does so if you've got more subscribers 
you're going to be found way before the other one don't you think you may want to start doing more individual content because it might in my opinion at least doing more individual content you'll probably get more views because there's less people doing that content meaning more people are going to find you yeah 100 percent. i have thought about that um but the thing is i feel as though if you do just kind of one thing on your channel you're blocking out a com like a whole audience of people that could come and see your channel so for example uh, as i do musical theater i might choose to do like a singing channel but then there's going to be people out there that don't want to listen to me sing musical theater songs so that's a complete audience that i'm just like getting rid of basically and they're not going to subscribe to me and I mean, of course, there will be people that might be interested in it. But I think with my channel, a lot of people are doing the trends. Obviously, that's what makes them a trend. But I think that I do a lot of like a wide variety of the different trends where like something like the interview I did with Joe is not really a trend as such. Like, I mean, obviously, lots of people do interviews, but I wouldn't call that a trend as such. But then like my um, vlog kind of video, that was more of a trend. So I think with the wide variety, I think different people can be coming to see my channel for different reasons because there's like so much to see at my channel instead of just doing one thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. Um, especially when you first start a channel. Um, but well, I guess, I guess when you, I guess when you see new channels and they start out is they actually tend to do um, one thing is because it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like in photography right because i'm a photographer and it's very similar yeah. as in if when i first started photography i like to i like to photograph many different things whether that was portraits whether that was nature whether that was events pretty much anything but then i realized it's great being good at multiple things but if you focus all your energy into a single thing at the start you'll master that so, for example, with trends, right, okay, there's so many different trends out there. Um, one of the main ones I see way too often are reaction videos to other YouTube videos, which, can't lie, they're getting a bit, they're getting a bit um, saturated, I think, and they're not that funny anymore. But you could obviously take that, because reaction videos are arguably one of the easiest videos to do. You've just got to stick a webcam on, stick a video on, and react to it. And I think what um grabs the audience quite often is actually not not really what the video they're reacting to it tends to be the person it tends to be their personality like a youtube a youtuber is a personality you know a lot of people like to uh, go over to a youtuber for example trying to think of someone on top of my head um i guess pewdiepie because he's the biggest youtuber currently right now people love the guy not just his content people love the per his personality they think he's funny they think he's a nice guy he's humble and i think that's very important to start off a youtube channel is yes you can have all these you can have all the tech you can have these amazing cameras you can have the editing software but i think the first thing to develop would definitely be your uh, be a personality how you know having a personality people want to come back to you know like your your day in the life i haven't actually watched it yet but a lot of them do a lot of people do vlogs and it's good and people want to see what happens in your life and if you can give them a personality they want to come back to they're just going to continue clicking no matter what you make I think. oh yeah definitely i definitely agree with that and i think i mean i've had people like comment on my videos and 
DM me on Instagram and everything and they're like they're telling me that I have a good personality when I'm recording and that that honestly means so much because I think that is one of the most important things as you said people actually prefer watching YouTube videos for the person more than the video I would say because the video is just a trend that goes around and everyone does but watching the actual person is what they're there for because there's lots of YouTubers that do the same kind of videos as me but maybe I don't want to watch them because I find them boring or they've not got a very like energetic personality and when I'm filming I don't feel like I have an energetic personality as such but I think I come across as quite humble and quite I don't know just quite like happy and I try and stay like nice and humble and nice when I'm filming and I mean I'm like that anyway just in real life it's not just when I'm filming but um yeah I think that your personality is really really important yeah definitely I 100% agree I I think a good example of someone which you probably never heard of but he's he's the biggest um I would say the biggest youtuber who does photography or filmmaking his name is Peter McKinnon um I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not probably not no, I haven't actually. No, I, I wouldn't think you would. But he's quite, he's big. He's got about, I don't know, like 3 million, 2 million subscribers. And he has the he has the best personality I have ever seen on a YouTuber. Apart from him, yeah. be, apart from him being incredible at what he does, you just want to go back to his videos. He's energetic. He loves what he does. You know, he, he'll start off with an intro doing his, you know, what's up guys, it's Peter McKinnon. And then he'll say something off the top of his head, and he'll just stop and laugh at himself and look at the guy recording. It's like <laughs> that was funny, stuff like that. Yeah. And you're like, you know, he really enjoys what he's doing. He doesn't, he doesn't care about what everyone else is doing. And I think that's um, very important. Um, I think that yeah. well, because like when I'm filming, I genuinely like really enjoy what I'm doing. Where I think a lot of people go into YouTube and they think, oh yeah, I'm just going to go in for it, see if I can get money from it. But I don't think that's the reason you should do it. I think you should do it because you actually enjoy what you're doing because then you come across so much more natural. Like all my videos, they're not scripted. I literally just say what's on the top of my head. And I think that that's what makes people like watching you because you're being natural while you're filming. Yeah. Um, that's also why, in my opinion, very recently, the past probably five months or something, uh, podcasts have e- exploded. Uh, I everyone, everyone does podcasts now, which I didn't realise when I started doing. I just wanted to do podcasts because it was locked down. Um, you know, there's no work uh, videography-wise. I couldn't go to events. It, it was getting boring, yeah. so I wanted to do something creative. And podcasts are a very good way to... Well, they're a very good way to learn about the people, uh, the guests, sorry, who are on the show. Very good to learn about the host. But... It's also good about le- to learn about things, not just the people, but the subject. For example, this podcast, it's about the creative industry. So whether you're a photographer, filmmaker, songwriter, YouTuber, um, I'm not going to pronounce... I said it right at the start of the video, um, but I'm not going to muck up the pronunciation again. <laughs> so we'll just leave it for a second. Musical <laughs> theatre performer. It's fine. Got yeah, it. that's got the it, one. Got it written down, just in case. Um, but yeah... Yeah, personality is huge when it comes to um, content creation, 100%. Um, so I, this question, I guess we sort of answered this question, um, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway, just in case you have any different thoughts on it. Um, okay. It's more, how do you think your style differs from other small YouTubers? Because big YouTubers, 
it's a it's a whole different kettle of fish. All right, that that's that's whatever. But when you compare to small YouTube, anywhere from I don't know fifty subscribers to about what do you consider small? A few thousand, I would say. Or it's yeah. nice and small. So yeah, how do you think your um, style differs from other people so far? Um. So yeah, I have kind of answered this in a way that I've got. A lot, I think I've got a lot more of a variety of videos on my channel because I've watched a lot of other small YouTubers and I mean they have like a slight variety but you know it might be like one video is a morning routine then the next video is a night routine like it's not a massive difference where I think I've got quite a wide variety of videos and I always try and do like a completely different video each time I film because I don't want people coming over and getting bored of what I'm doing I want them to think there's something new each time I upload and I also upload quite frequently as well I don't have like set dates because I don't want to restrict myself like that but I I do try and upload twice to three times a week where a lot of uh, YouTubers only upload once a week so there's another thing that I'm like bringing to the table really is I upload more regularly I've literally had this channel for like two weeks I think as I said maybe not even that and I've already got about five or six videos on there I think which you know it's, it's quite a lot um and also I think a lot of small youtubers they try and copy bigger youtubers because you know they think that by doing that they're gonna get bigger but I think you've got to be unique and you've got to be your own person and as I said you've just got to be natural on camera and don't try and force anything that's what I'd say yeah no definitely um yeah and people want to be i mean youtube i mean i guess i not even just youtube it's it's everything in the creative industry nowadays people don't want to do it because they like it they just want to do it for the money reasons like photography and videography is a good example i mean when i started it about what i would have been 16 maybe 15 i so sometime around that age got a feel old saying back when i was 16 but um <laughs> but yeah back when i was back about then i picked up a camera and I start. I started photography, and I didn't. I didn't really. I, also, I knew professional photographers existed and all that. Of course, I did, but I didn't really care about that. I just loved. I love taking photos. I love editing photos. You know, I love sharing with people. But nowadays, people look at photography and see it as a money maker, similar to YouTube. And mm -hmm. funny enough, I was. Do, I've been doing a lot of research on YouTube because I've always wondered how much do YouTubers make roughly, and. It's a lot of money. I won't go into depth about it, but you know, if you know anything, do you know anything about the ad revenue as a YouTuber, or do you not know anything about that yet? I don't really know anything because, as I said, like I'm really not in it for the money. I would, I wasn't considering it of like looking at money. I, I have watched a few videos of like people showing their first paycheck, but you know, like that, I haven't looked into it in any depth at all. I mean, the simple term, this very simple is. You're not making a single penny until you hit a minimum of a thousand subscribers. That is the <laughs> mark, and then after that, it's it roughly. This is roughly because it can fluctuate depending on. I don't know what it is, what it depends on, but diff, it, it can depend. But it, on average, it's about a penny of you. That's how much you earn. It's a penny of you oh, on, really? on on average. And a big YouTube is like a good one. Is this is a this is an anime YouTube? It doesn't matter. But this is just a good example of a guy who he he's okay I, I i'm not gonna say his name just but i he will never see this don't get me wrong but on the off chance he does i don't want to sound offensive but he's a very good youtuber he loves what he does he's got about two two and a half million subscribers i think roughly 
he only uploads once a month, which he used to upload daily, probably, maybe three, four times a bloody month, and it was great. But because of the ad revenue, and you get to roughly about 1.2, 1.5 million views, which um, equates to about 15K, 15,000 pounds. So he gets paid up 15,000 pounds a month just off that one video. And a lot of oh YouTubers God. tend to do this now because they know how much they earn and they know because of their size, they're going to get clicks, they're going to get views, they're going to make money no matter what they do. And yeah, it's, it's kind of so sad. true. It's kind of sad. That's so true because I there's like YouTubers I watched when I was younger who literally I haven't seen post in so long now because they're so big, they literally don't even need to post that much to get money, really. They don't, no, exactly. And it's... It's annoying because especially yeah. all the bigger YouTubers, and this even includes, which I think is insane, this includes filmmaking YouTube channels, right, which are professional filmmakers. They know how to edit with their eyes closed, but they still hire editors to do their YouTube videos, which annoys me. I understand if you're just a normal YouTuber and you're getting paid full time, you're living quite nicely, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you pay for an editor? It's, it cuts a lot of time out your day, but I yeah. think it's very lazy if you're a filmmaker and you get people to edit your videos. I think it just sort of cuts your creativity in half, in my opinion. Yeah, that's part of your job. It's like, literally part of your job. If I ever, like, I'm starting a YouTube channel. It's not, it's something to do, because in university right now, in a few days, I think, what's the date? 26th, so yeah, in about a week, I'm gonna have nothing to do for a month. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start a YouTube channel, see what happens, and it'll be quite enjoyable. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next question, um, if you don't mind about your YouTube, because I think this is a good question I ask anyone, really, depend doesn't have to be YouTube, but have you got any inspirations that inspires you to do YouTube? And not, we'll, we'll move on to musical theatre in a bit, but we'll, um, mm -hmm. yeah, inspirations-wise, who are your inspirations in YouTube industry? So, I mean, I've loved YouTube from a young age, but I didn't actually think anything of it. I used to make little YouTube channels when I was younger, but they was like, I mean, they was awful. But now I look back at them. But I didn't actually think about it. Like, I actually really enjoyed it when I was younger. Um, and that's kind of like where it, where it started because I always watched YouTube literally from so young. I can't even think how old I was, but maybe like seven or eight. And I used to watch, I mean, I just watch like whatever pops up on my recommended. I don't really follow certain YouTubers. I did more when I was younger, you know, like the whole Zoella Alfie oh. phase. I was yeah. I was part of that phase. Um, oh god! <laughs> and I used to watch them daily. Like I would be absolutely obsessed with them. So they probably like inspired me a bit when I was younger. And then I used to just make my own little videos. And yeah, as I said, they was awful, but it was fun and I enjoyed doing it. And then now, as I've got older, so I'm now at college. Um, a girl at my college started a YouTube channel in September and I was like, oh my God, her videos are actually really good. And she kind of inspired me as well to make mine. So I was like, oh, well, if she can do it, then so can I. And uh, another YouTuber, she's called Lily May XO. She's literally just does the same kind of videos, you know, days in the life, that kind of video. But I love her personality. As we were saying before, personality is key. Like, honestly, she's just, she's just got such like a natural sense of humor she's just like really funny to watch so she's another inspiration is that, a friend, of is that a friend of yours no she's not a friend she's um she's quite a big youtuber not not huge but she's got like a hundred thousand subscribers that's so yeah that's, that's a lot 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess another thing about YouTube, which people people don't realize this um, when it comes to making if obviously when you're doing it for fun, it's different. You're just doing it for fun. There's no, you know, you're not doing it for money. But people like that, for example, that uh, what's what's their name again? Um, which one? Uh, the hundred thousand subscriber one. Oh, that's Lily May XO. Yeah. Yeah, that is so. At that point, you're not just a creator. You're a business. You're a brand. And unfortunately, there's so many different things you've got to think about when you're a brand. Now, I don't know what content she does, so um, I'm just gonna say this randomly as I don't know what content she does. But the name is very childish. I it might it's a name that you see on Instagram. Because bear in mind, just gonna say this because so to sound less weird is I'm only I'm 18, so I've still I st- still have people from college and stuff that I I have people followed. And when you see XO at the end of a name, it just seems really really childish, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's not. And unfortunately, once you're on a hundred thousand subscribers. You're not just a con- unfortunately. You're not a content creator as such anymore. You're a brand. You're a business. You got to think of a business mindset, and you got to think of everything from your name. Will it turn subscribers away? You know, because uh, a name engages very much, and and a name mm-hmm. your YouTube name is very important. And for example, my my whole brand name is Smithog Productions, and that's something that means a lot to me because Smithog is my second name. It's, uh, it's my family name, so it's something that mean means a lot to me. A bit like a YouTuber yeah. called I don't know. A uh, full-time filmmaker. It's it's straight to the point. You know what they are. You know what you're going to get as soon as you click on their channel, and it's great. And I think that's a very important step. And it's something that I don't know. One day you might have to think of if you ever kick your YouTube up to the next level and you do it for another year. You might, you know, you don't know. You might. You never know. You might have thousands and thousands of subscribers by next year. Who knows? And, yeah, you never um, know. I mean, my name is something that I was thinking of because. I was like, do I just go basic and just name it my my actual name, which is what it is at the minute. It's just Amelia Stevens, because I thought you can't go wrong with that, first of all. But then at the same time, people might look at that and be like, oh, that's a bit unoriginal. But if you think about all the big YouTubers, most YouTubers are just their name yeah. a lot of the time. And I think when you try and do like something a bit more interesting, it's it can sometimes sound more childish in a way. Because there's like Lily May XO. I mean, I wouldn't say it's really childish. Maybe the XO at the end. Maybe she should have just called it Lily May. Yeah, that would but, be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think just going with your name. I think a lot of YouTubers do that now, and it might seem boring, but I think you can't go wrong with it that way. No, yeah, no, I agree. The um, first and second name wasn't that wasn't the, uh, the main. Sorry, I probably should have made it a bit more clearer. The main bit I was pointing out was the XO part at the end, and it's something yeah. that you see. I need to be careful what I say. Um, what's the best way to say? It's a... See, all right, okay, this is a good example. It's fine, because... So I've got a sister who's... What, secondary school? I'm... I'm some, in, in secondary school, right? And mm-hmm. I remember when I was back in secondary school, which wasn't that long ago, really, and all the girls back then had XO at the end of their name. It was the thing... XO just... When I think of XO on an end of a name, it just seemed like something a second a secondary school child would put on the end of the name, and I yeah yeah that that's what might not that might not be what everyone thinks, and that's fair enough. That's just something that I think because I it wasn't that long ago when I was in secondary school, you know. So for the older audience who might watch her for I don't again don't know what content she does, but for you know other people like older people like you know late twenties and all that, 
they might think that name's not that bad, you know? So Yeah, I mean, it could be something to do with, she started her YouTube channel when she was about 10 years old. So she might yeah. have had it as like an Instagram name when she was little and that's what everyone has just known her as. So I was thinking maybe that could be the reason she has it. But as you said, like, I mean, as she's got older, maybe she should have changed it. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if she made it when she was 10, then 100%. But it's a bit like um, the YouTube channel I have. Um, I used to do YouTube videos five, six years ago on just gaming videos. And my name, oh, what was my name? It was so back, back before I was a photographer, I was a graphic designer. And I used to have a name called uh, Natsu or Trap Natsu. Um, and bear in mind, this name was way before the definition of trap was a thing. And everyone knows what a trap is now. It's, you know, someone that acts like a different gender than they are and they do it. Mm. They do it to trap people, you know. Back then, yeah. it, wa it wasn't that. And when I, when I updated my YouTube channel about a week ago, because I knew I wanted to start it again, I knew I had to change that name because people will click on that and instantly think, what is that name? It's a, it's, a it's, it's, it's a name that someone who's really young, who's inexperienced, would probably put. And yeah. I, I do think names are very important. And right, so we're gonna switch from YouTube as we're longer into the podcast than I thought, which is great. <laughs> which is great. We you know we're already twenty five minutes in, so I'm a talkative person, clearly. <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> actually, no, one more, one, one more, one more, um, one more question on your channel because this was an okay. important question. I forgot to ask. Um, what are your ultimate goals for your YouTube channel? Okay, this is something I have actually been thinking about because. I, as I said, I went into YouTube two weeks ago because we're in lockdown, because I'm bored, it's given me something to do. But as I've been doing it, I've actually realized how much I enjoy it. And like, I didn't actually think I would enjoy it this much. Um, and I'm thinking now, maybe it actually could go somewhere. I mean, right now I'm literally, I'm such a small YouTuber. I'm literally, I've got 60 something subscribers, which is nothing in the grand scale of things. But if I keep making content for even like a year, who knows where this could go? If more people see my videos and subscribe, then I mean, I could, I, it could go somewhere. I just don't know that yet, but I would love for it to be bigger and better. And I mean, if it ended up becoming a full-time job, like in years to come, it would be amazing. That would be just like, probably the best job ever it would be, be the dream wouldn't it that's everyone it's, yeah it, unfortunately, unfortunately when it comes to that as you said right at the beginning you obviously you don't want to do it for money but unfortunately at the end of the day you're even while you still want to do it just for fun the dream would still be to be full-time like that's never gonna never not gonna mm -hmm. be the dream you know and i think yeah. one thing that one thing that smaller youtubers like i mean i again i've not watched your content but um, that often because I had like, that much time to prepare for this because it's only a few days ago we started talking to do this podcast. Um, yeah. But a lot of smaller YouTubers, and this is coming from a filmmaker and videographer's videography, no videographer. That's the word. Sorry about that. Videographer <laughs> perspective is the production value of your of everyone's videos, and that's something that you'll see a difference between bigger and smaller YouTubers because obviously you're just doing it for fun. And yeah. As you said, I think you only record with your phone at the moment. Yeah, literally. I've literally just got my phone. I've got a ring light and that's as good as it gets right now. But in the future, I might think about getting a camera just to make the quality that bit better. Yeah, and as for, um, depends what uh, industry obviously you're in when it comes to YouTube, but vloggers at least, 
don't spend much money on equipment and they don't need to they tend to spend mm-hmm. it on a quite a small camera because at the end of the day and there's videos like this everywhere and i might link this in the, my twitter post when i post this um podcast there's always this video I'll always compare this video because it's amazing uh, it's from a youtuber called full-time filmmaker and what they did was they had a professional full-time filmmaker employee against a student of their courses the full-time filmmaker guy had a uh, i think it was an iphone 11 and he was editing on imovie against a student who had a camera called the red weapon which is what they used for netflix productions and he was editing on premiere pro and mm-hmm. they did it and people voted and they didn't, they didn't know which one was which and the guy with the iphone destroyed that person because he knew what he was doing and mm-hmm. it just, it, it, yeah it, yeah and for example phones right um i'm not going to go in technical I mean, yes this is a creative podcast but we're not talking about this industry but I'll, it's a little tip i guess which would help you in the long run when mm-hmm. you're recording with phones phone what wait what phone have you got i've got iphone 11 perfect oh you got the same phone as me so yeah very good right very good camera then um yeah. so what how phone cameras work which a lot of people don't realize when you see all these adverts there's always stunning camera when the phones have no light oh a lack of light or your light from your bedroom which is very yellowy the video quality mm-hmm. will be crap but the more light you give your phone the better quality your video will be so if you have your ring light and i don't know i'm trying to think you can buy these for really cheap because i have i use them for my productions and it costs me 20 pounds and i got two massive um really powerful aperture lights and i got for like 20 pound of amazon and if you for example if you use them like shine them on you from different angles and then use your phone people probably couldn't tell if you was recording on the camera or not from youtube yeah definitely i think my phone quality i mean maybe not as good as like certain cameras but i think that is it nowadays like phone cameras are so good like they they could be as good as cam like actual cameras yeah, they could they could be they could be one day. I mean, I won't go into that conversation because as a as a video, I have many many things to say about that. But yeah, for the con for vlogging, vlogging is one of the best industries you can go into as a YouTuber, and it's the most it's the cheapest as when it comes to equipment because you don't need much. For example, all you would need on your, in my opinion, if you're just recording on your phone, two things you want to get is unfortunately i hate iphones right i've only recently switched to an iphone i regret it quite quickly but really yeah for many reasons but um i'm gonna get a bunch of apple fanboys attacking me soon now so you're gonna you want lights which you've got a ring light they're okay um they're more for tiktoks i probably would have recommended something else because they don't do a lot of light but you want a light and you want a mic of a phone now they're quite cheap actually because phone audio is they're okay but you can get for what I use, um, I think it's about £50 you can get if like 30 pre-owned. And I actually use this on my camera for professional audio. It's called a Rode VideoMic Go. And these, oh, right. and you get a cheaper version actually, which I think would be better for your phone, which is about 25 quid. And they're made to just plug in your phone. And again, because iPhones are horrible, you have to now get an adapter because you can't plug your earphones in anymore. Mm, yeah. But I can't, same as the new Samsung, it's no different. But yeah, you're going to have to get one of those. But then if you literally have a microphone and a light, 
and you sort, you know, you make, I don't know, have you got a desk or something? A desk and a chair anywhere? Yeah. You could do that. You could set it up quite nicely, make sure your background's nice and clean. Maybe it, I mean, this is a very stereotypical uh, Zoella sort of thing, but it works. She puts a lot of fairy lights behind her. And what mm-hmm. it does, the reason she does that, it's a very business business and videography-like move, which many people don't realise. She does that for a reason. It's because she puts them behind, and what actually happens, the phone focuses on her while the lights don't focus, and it creates a thing called bokeh. And it's oh, be- right, absolutely yeah, yeah. beautiful. Right? It's a professional filmmaking look, and she's quite... While I don't really like her content for obvious reasons... She's mm-hmm. a very, very good YouTuber. And you could do that for not even £50. It's very cheap. And it would up your production quality so good, much. And people care about production quality, unfortunately. That's not really unfortunate, yeah. but people do care about it. You know, you can have an amazing personality which will drag a good amount of audience in. But then if you want to have a good production quality, that will grab a whole new people, whole new group of people in and you're, you know, you're on a roll from there. And I really do. Yeah, think, definitely. I think that'd be something to think about if you're ever thinking about properly going into YouTube. Um, yeah, definitely. I was thinking actually about getting fairy lights for my background. Not for that reason, actually, just because it looks nice. Because uh, my background is actually just my bed at the minute, and it's quite boring. But I didn't actually think about that lighting technique. Actually, would look quite nice, wouldn't it? It would, and I'm. I've not for this reason. I've put. I'm not even kidding. I've got. A whole, it's a biscuit tin originally, so that is this big, and I've got it full of fairy lights, right? Just because for photo shoots, I used back in the day, I used a lot of portrait shoots, and I used to use like fairy lights, and beautiful, love fairy lights, but you yeah. know, I would, yeah, they're cheap, they're good, um, they're just nice to add to your background, really, because when you're when you're yeah. constantly doing vlogs and talking to the camera a lot in your own home you want to have a little a little set as such a nice little set that you can use every time you record um yeah, a, lot, def- a lot of people do that and yeah I'll, um i can always i'll always he- help you with that after whenever i guess but right enough yeah. about youtube because this <laughs> youtube I, I could talk about youtube for hours but yeah yeah so i must this might be a shorter segment as you said you are a student and you do musical theatre performance in it um do you do anything else in college or is it just that subject um it is just musical theatre yeah that I do but basically I'll just tell you like a bit about how I got into musical theatre um it was quite unexpected actually because when I was younger I was really shy and I like no one would have expected me to go into musical theatre at all but um when I was about eight I joined a musical theatre group just as like a little club to go to on a Saturday and I really enjoyed it I mean I was still shy and everything obviously I wasn't going to be the lead part but I really enjoyed it and I carried on doing that I mean until now I still go there now and um, yeah it was in about year nine or ten that I actually decided that's what I kind of wanted to go into at college Um, it was quite late on really because I always saw it as like a hobby to be honest but then when I realised like how much I enjoyed it, I thought maybe I could try and go into it as an industry. And I mean, it's one of the hardest industries to get into, but I I always just think follow your dreams. And if it doesn't work out, there's backup plans that you can, that you can do. And, you know, I think everything works out in the end. And 
even if I don't end up doing musical theatre as a job, I will always have it on the side as a hobby. And that's what I think is nice about it. But yeah, I'm doing musical theatre at college at the minute. I'm in my first year and I'm absolutely loving it. And I honestly, it's so much better than school. School wasn't really for me because I was never very academic. Hence why I'm doing a lot more of the creative side of stuff now. But yeah, I really yeah. enjoy it. That's good. Yeah. And, and I'm the same here. Um, I have I have a thing that a lot of people tend to lack nowadays, which is common sense. But I'm not academic either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one I don't really care admitting this, but I don't I don't have a maths GCSE. That's the one GCSE I've never had, which yeah. I don't think means anything because I have a business. I have a level three in business, which included maths. So you know, look at that how you want. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so you do this as more of a um, uh, more of a college, I guess college um i keep wanting to say i keep wanting to say degree but it's not it's a level it's three, a diploma it? that's what it's called a diploma level, yeah level three diploma that's it yeah so it's been a, yeah it's been a while um but <laughs> yeah so you do this more as a level three diploma but i'm assuming that you want to go back into the industry eventually as a job yeah i would love to i mean i'm thinking of auditioning for drama schools uh i'd have to audition like at the end of this year but then obviously i wouldn't be starting until next like next year yeah um but drama school is also very hard to get into and very expensive. So if that doesn't work out, I will also audition for like just general unis to do musical theatre. And then I even have like a backup backup plan, which is something completely different, which would be going into teaching. But we won't talk about that now because that's a whole nother pathway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, I always think, I mean, excluding photography because... I've got. I'll, I'll run. I'll run on about why, why photography degrees are pointless, but I can't be bothered to do that. But for most industries, I always recommend having a degree, and I will say that even even in my industry, right? So I'm taking a digital film production degree, um, and I'll always say always get a degree. And somebody taught me this who we did interview on the podcast twice, um, Mike uh, Mick G Productions, and he's the one who inspired me to have to get my degree because as he said. You could have all the experience in the world, and you could go and you could go to a job and uh, apply with your CV. If another guy also comes in with a whole lot of experience, but has that bit of paper saying, "Oh, I've studied for three years," so not only do I have my experience, I know the ins and outs of the industry. I know the the laws, the legal, the legal things. I know a different. I can look at it in a different creative aspect. I guess similar to. I'm assuming musical theatre or any form of acting, a degree is so important to um, succeeding. And I've noticed that I've been turned away from quite a few jobs in London because they said, you know, you have, for, for my age, I have a lot of experience, but you, you don't have the degree. So there could be a lot of problems you're going to run into in the future. And I do, even if you don't get into a drama school, which obviously hope you do, but if not, obviously do anything you can to get some form of degree, get some form of education, because university is really important. And it is a good, not only do you get a qualification, you get connections um, from a degree. I like I'll, That's one thing that I always say, similar to my degree as well, I will get my qualification, which is great, but at the end of it, I'm going to get connections to different... Um, uh, film companies and different media companies same as musical theater you'll probably get different connections at the end of it so i definitely yeah definitely 
because basically um i mean drama schools you you do get a degree as well but there's kind of different courses you can either do like a foundation course which i wouldn't bother doing that because that's pretty much what i'm doing at college now anyway um so i would only go to drama school if i got into the degree course definitely and drama schools are slightly better than unis because most drama schools at the end of it you get like linked with an agent and agents are what get you into the industry really um but yeah i'm not ruling out uni at all like uni is pretty much just as good maybe drama schools are slightly better but you know uni still gives you a good knowledge of the industry the ins and outs and everything and i mean it might not link you onto an agent by the end of it but it will definitely give you links to something to help you get to the industry yep no, i totally agree with you and i think that's about it at the moment when it comes to time um thank you very much amelia uh very thank good you having for you having here. me no that's all good and the next episode will be I couldn't even tell you guys when the next episode will be. It all depends on when I find people and when I can be bothered to do it. But I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next time.